morning. Welcome to the Daily Ding. Happy Thursday morning. We've got all of your inaction from the NBA on Wednesday because the NBA is not playing anymore, at least for now. I'm Zach Harper. That's Trevon Edwards. We've got Brian Smith pushing buttons. Trey, the only news that came out of a day where the Bucks were supposed to close out the Magic, the Thunder and the Rockets were supposed to play. They were even at 2-2. The Lakers supposed to close out the Blazers without Damian Lillard, and all that was supposed to happen, and then the Bucks decided not to take the court. The Magic refused the Bucks' forfeit and also decided to boycott the game. From there, the Rockets and Thunder decided to boycott their game, then the Lakers-Blazers. Then the NBA made the decision to postpone all three games that weren't going to happen anyway, which is a little weird, Trey, but that's where we found ourselves. The players had a meeting that lasted about three hours tonight. At one point, the coaches were excused from the meeting so the players could just talk. I think the referees joined at one point. But, Trey, the big news that came out of that via Shams Tarania of The Athletic and I believe also Chris Haynes of Yahoo Sports was that the Lakers and the Clippers voted not to play the rest of the season. Every other team voted to play, or at least that seems to be the inclination of what they want to do. There is a board of governors meeting with the owners on Thursday morning. Trey, there's a lot to unpack here, but first and foremost, I just want to see your reaction and your thoughts on the players, specifically the Bucks taking the, the first step, but the Bucks and then all the other players kind of following suit in deciding not to play today. Well, first of all, I want to shout out Norman Powell, Fred Van Vliet. It's another player I forgot to mention that kind of started this conversation about, you know, potentially having a strike and not playing, right? Yeah. And that conversation got up, but it was just not pretty much well received. And, you know, it was like, oh, individual players leaving the bubble, et cetera. So it wasn't really taken as wholeheartedly. Well, when the Bucks, for one, everyone was still talking about Nate McMillan's firing and, and things of that nature. And we were thinking like we were going to get some basketball sooner or later. And around four Eastern time, there's no teams on the floor. And as you watch things trickle down and, as we now find out that George Hill was the leader of this decision, you know, it just kind of got word that they weren't taking the floor. And I thought that was a very, very, very important stance, especially with what's going on. And I've been very indifferent about the start of the season starting back up because I felt like there were tons of empty gestures, especially the jerseys. And obviously, you know, being able to guys using their platform and expressing their concerns about, you know, Brianna Taylor case and, and everything else. But then we pretty much had the blindfold put over our eyes of enjoyment and forgetting about the main things that's really going on in the world yeah. because basketball was really entertaining. And I think that's the kind of slippery slope sometimes when you're really enjoying a product and you forget the main reason why the players signed up to play, right? Yeah. So now that we're here, I think players – Aside, they love doing what they do. They still have to provide for their families. This was one of the biggest stands I've seen in my lifetime. Also a very important stance because this league is heavily filled with African-Americans and just kind of made a huge stance in that standpoint. So for the Milwaukee Bucks who are actually playing for something, this would have been an elimination game and we're willing to forfeit a game also as lose money in this scenario was such a huge gesture to start the day. Then we had the pressure of, okay, will the next team suit up? 
And will the team after that, which is, you know, Chris Paul's team and LeBron James' team. I mentioned there's no way after this that Chris Paul and LeBron go and suit up. J.J. Redick replies, not a chance. Then we get the, the news that they pull. Then after that, LeBron and them, he puts his tweet up. And it kind of just, you know, was a ripple effect. Now, our biggest question from there was pretty much trying to figure out, is this a one-day thing? Do they go back and play tomorrow? We knew that Boston had the game tomorrow with Toronto. And Pascal Siakam had, you know, voiced his opinion as well. And Jason Tatum. And we felt like, okay, if they don't play tomorrow, those particular teams don't play tomorrow. Does the next game follow suit? And that was a big question marks. But now here we are, if you fast forward to what you mentioned at the start of the show, LeBron James, by far the face of the NBA right now, <laughs> makes this major call and puts so much pressure on Adam Silver and the governors of the league. And they have a meeting at 8 a.m. Pacific time, 11 a.m. Eastern to come up with a decision overnight. Some people might be asleep, to be honest, or they might not gonna get no sleep to figure this out, <laughs> right. you know, because this is like one of those movies where you get a ransom and you got 24 hours to deliver $2 million and the person doesn't have $2 million. So you get the cops involved. So in this owner situation, I mean, well, the, the governors, we've removed that name. The governors have this plan they have to put in place because, you know, this is money. This is more important issues. Your star players and the league and Udonis Haslam also mentioned that without the Lakers and Clippers, what are we doing with this league? You know, how can we move forward? So it's interesting. I would love to hear your take on that. Man, I got a lot of thoughts. Um, first thing I want to address is you mentioned, you know, having the NBA back, right? And what that's meant. And, you know, it has distracted us. And look, I, I can only speak from my experience, but Sunday, which was, I believe, the day that Jacob Blake was shot seven times in the back in Kenosha, Wisconsin, in front of his kids, unarmed. Officials said he had a knife in his car. I don't know how they would have known that prior to shooting him in the back seven times in front of his children. Doesn't matter. They were wrong. Uh, in my mind, it's attempted murder. And the full force of every legal ramification should come against those cops. When that happened on Sunday... That was the day that Luka Doncic hit the step back against Reggie Jackson. That was the day that Donovan Mitchell and Jamal Murray had dueling 50-point games. And just my experience, I didn't know the the Jacob Blake stuff happened until probably like around 8 o'clock that night. For whatever reason, I didn't see it on the timeline. I didn't register whatever. I don't know what happened. I was so caught up in the NBA and so caught up in everything. And then when I saw that, like, I mean... Fuck, Trey. Like, I don't know how people can watch this and try to think of reasons it's okay. I legit, like, I don't, I don't get that. I legitimately do not get that. And it makes me fucking angry to hear that. It makes me angry to see that shit in the mentions and all that stuff. And it made me realize, I was like, oh, yes, of course this is a distraction, right? Like, of right. course it is. Now, it's my job to cover the NBA, but like, what are we doing? Like, it's a distraction. And so then when players start talking about, like, Back to the concerns of before the restart happened of they don't want the NBA to be a distraction to be a distraction. Like, at least in my, my world on Sunday, it was. For me. For me personally. It was a distraction. And it felt gross. Like, it just felt gross, you know? And so, fast forwarding to what happened today, what happened in this meeting, and the Lakers and Clippers voting, like, we don't want to play. We're not going to play. We don't think we should play. Right? However we want to word that. I look at that 
And I look at what's at stake for LeBron, and I look at the changes he's made. And look, I don't know if it's a bluff to be called. It's convenient timing, considering the Board of Governors meeting is tomorrow morning. And some people have wondered, like, well, why would they do, why would they do this? It might just be a negotiating tactic, Trey, right? Like, it might be a way to put pressure on the owners. Good. On the governors, I'm sorry. Good. If that's what it is, good. If they decide to play a game of chicken and LeBron and, and the Lakers and Kawhi and the Clippers, all the, and they all say, no, 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 we're not budging on this, and they just drop out of this, I don't know what the league does. Would the other teams then play? Like, I don't know how that works. I don't know how that's going to work with the union. I don't know what that does. But there's a certain point where I look at all this stuff and I just think none of it's worked before. None of the like, all right, let's meet him at the table. Let's you know try to explain ourselves. Like none of that's worked before. And the only thing that works in this country is messing with the money. And my guess is that you know this is a rough guess based on what were projections prior to the restart. My guess is about six hundred to seven hundred million dollars at stake here for the yeah. rest of the playoffs or whatever mm-hmm. that ends up being. Good. Mess with the money. Threaten the money. Because there are a lot of people, that, even the wealthy, there are a lot of these people in the NBA who don't have that money right now. Like, Tillman Fertitta's hurting. Mickey Arison's hurting. A lot of these people are hurting. Now, they're hurting relative to what their lives and their businesses are. But whatever. If you can threaten the money, threaten the money. I think the players are doing something historic. And I want to be clear on this. Like, let's not applaud the NBA for doing anything today. The NBA didn't do anything. They had the slightest clue. They were late to the party. Yeah, exactly. They postponed games that weren't going to be played anyway. That's nothing. Like, this is the players. The players did this. Not the NBA. The players did this. And I think that's an important distinction to to remind people of. The players used this power today. Specifically the Bucks at first and then others followed suit. And moving forward, I I don't know what to expect. Like, I, I really don't. I mean, well, Zach, you have to really think about this, right? We stopped the season in March because of COVID. And to really think that the season is now going to be canceled over racism, <laughs> man, it's a, it's a lot to unpack. And like you said, if it's calling a bluff, I don't, I don't know what they actually get out of this, but meeting them halfway. What are we really getting out of this when you say, okay, what are you guys going to come, come up with? You're not going to be able to stop the law enforcement from doing what they're doing. That's just not realistic in this scenario. And I think it's so... It's such a broad axe to like think that we can snap a finger or flip a switch and things stop. I mean, obviously, all day today, as I'm reporting on it, hour by the hour, I'm getting people in my mentions talking about, well, if he would have complied or he had a knife, there's your justice for there. And it's just kind of like, is a black life worth anything in America? Like, it could have been me. It could be anybody. Yeah. Anybody, you know, in this scenario. And it's just like, it's unfair because, you know, this is happening daily. That And the stuff that does not get national news coverage, it's a breeze. So if we keep these playoffs going, I don't think that it does anything. It's, it's just more of a, hey, remember that day they, they called a strike. That's it. And then we get back to it. Oh, such and such had a good game. Oh, such and such is back from injury. Oh, this person is fired. We lose the focus. What do we do? We continue the games and then the guys say, oh, I'm not taking any questions about sports, but we can talk about finding justice about this. Yes, you're elevating your voice, but I don't think it stops it. Because at this point, we're nearly 170 days to, you know, about 
Brianna's death. And it's become memes, it's become tweets, it's become... It's become merchandise. It's right? merchandise. Like, there yeah. even is a convention that was created. And the thing is, is that there's nothing happening. So what are we really doing here? I do think that it's unfair for the players to, to have to take this responsibility. But I do understand that it's not fair for black athletes to entertain... A majority white audience and put their trauma to the side i shouldn't have to see robert ori crying on tv oh man that was tough i shouldn't have to see anybody working yeah. in the media industry or players being shaken up by this when you share those videos that's just trauma i don't want to see a brianna taylor movie i don't want to see a movie of another black person Killed in America and trying to show the other side of the story that we missed. It's bad enough we have to see it and now sell the trauma and, and their families have to relive that stuff. I just don't think that it's okay. I think that I applaud LeBron James and the Lakers and the Clippers for what they're trying to do. Knowing their value and their worth in this league. But ideally, I just don't know how much things change. And the crazy thing about it is that. We have so much going on in the world, like the Gulf Coast right now is facing a Category 5 hurricane. And that wasn't even like the topic today. Close to Hurricane Katrina's anniversary. And then also today's anniversary, four years ago, Colin Kaepernick took a knee. <laughs> so, you know, I, I don't even really, you know, as a, as a black man in America, you know, I really don't even know where to go from here. In this instance, you know what I mean? Like, it's people saying that they're going to cancel their season tickets. It's people saying that, if you know, I just watched a young man shoot protesters and walk by cops. Whether I jaywalk or not, do I live or die if the wrong cop is working? America needs change immediately. I'll share a story I haven't I haven't shared, but Amino Hassan and I got thrown on NBA radio today when the Bucks didn't go out there because it was, hey, they were planning on having you know, play-by-play play of that game on, on the radio. And so they needed program. They asked if we were available, we were available. And at one point, you know, Amin asked me if I had ever been harassed by the cops. I said, no, I'm not. And he was like, oh, man, I, you know, I just assume everyone has, right? Because he's a black man. You're a black man. Like, you, you've been harassed by the cops, right? Like, and I haven't. And I'll tell a story of when I was, I was either 21 or 22 years old. And I was at a friend's party, and it got broken up by the cops. I had had some something to drink, but I wasn't I wasn't drunk, and so I was going to drive my friend home, who lived like I don't know maybe a mile away, something like that, right? So leave the party, get in the truck, start driving. Immediately, I see a cop cop car come behind me. I'm like, of course, like what am I thinking? Like, of course they're behind me. So so I just pulled over, like before they even flashed, I just pulled over. And they come up, they just ask if I've been drinking. I was like, yeah, I had a couple of drinks. They, you know, run my information, all this stuff. Trey, like, no shit. They sat me on the back of my truck for 20 minutes before they did a field sobriety test. And I genuinely think, they never told me this, I genuinely think it was to see, like, to make sure I was sober enough to pass it. That's how I remember the story. That's how it felt at the time. And of course I passed it. Like, I wasn't even close to being at the limit. 
But I passed it. He said, where are you going? I said, my friend lives about a mile away. He said, get there now. And I drove away. That's my experience with the cops. And that's because I'm white. And it's like, that's what it is, right? Like, that's what it is. And so you've mentioned, like, it's not fair to put this on these players. And I could not agree more because I said this earlier today. I don't know if it was a podcast or Twitter or whatever, but like, like it's not on players and black people to explain what's going wrong or what the, what we need to do or what needs to be done. Like we're adults. Like we're adults. I'm an adult. Like you know what needs to be done. Take the funding away from places that are perpetuating the problem. Elect officials that are going to change things. And it's not an easy process and it's not going to be a quick process. It's going to take a long time. But that's what it takes, right? Like we don't need – I don't need you to hold my hand through this thing, Trey. Like, all we need to do is stand beside you, stand in front of you, and handle this thing. Because, like, this is what it takes. You know, if you look at the ties between governors in the NBA and political figures, like, the DeVos family owns the magic, right? Betsy DeVos is doing horrible things to the public education system. You know, Tillman Fertitta was literally at a table with Donald Trump in the White House during this shutdown as he's trying to figure out how to get businesses back. Because Tillman Fertitta has all of these casinos, all these hotels, all these restaurants that are affected, right? Mickey Harrison, cruise industry. Dan Gilbert, supporter of Trump, like donator to Trump. Herb Simon, I believe, donated to Mike Pence's legal fund, right? Like, owners have ties to all these guys. Owners have wealth. And that's what the players, at least that's what LeBron, the Lakers, the Clippers, and everyone else who is deciding to put the pressure on the governors in this board of governors meeting tomorrow that's what this is about. It's like, you guys have the power to do this stuff. You guys have the money to do this stuff. We need you to do this stuff. And that's what that's about. So we got an update from Woj. Okay. Amongst themes in the meeting, NBA PA explained financial implications of ending season, including possible lockout next year, Chris Paul on leaving meeting unified, CJ McCollum on needing a plan of action, and Doc Rivers on using platform, voting and holding police accountable. So I think everyone is a bit confused. Everyone doesn't have a plan. I think it's just immediate action and emotions and feelings. But interesting to see how things pan out tomorrow in the meeting with the governors and see what really kind of goes in. But if we get a lockout next season, that can be very interesting. Yeah, I think it's going to get ugly. I don't know if this play is actually going to work by the players. But, I mean, at this point... Like, what do they have to lose? They, they have money to lose. They have money to lose. They have a lot of money to lose. It's worth a shot, though. Yeah. Like, it, it has to be worth a shot. Another part of this radio show that Amin and I did today, we talked to uh, Lenny Wilkins, right? Hall of Famer Lenny Wilkins. And Lenny Wilkins was part of the 1964 All-Star Game that players threatened to boycott in order to have the players' union essentially recognized by the league. Get pensions started, all this stuff. All the things you would have from a union. And he said... We agreed to play the game because they promised in June they were going to set up all these pensions, all that, you know, do all this stuff. And they believed them. They had to take them at their word, but they did this. I don't know if I trust governors today to, like, if they say, hey, let's play the season out. We will take care of this when the season's over, but let's play the season out. I don't know if I trust them to do that. I don't know if the players should go for that if that ends up being the understanding between the two sides. Uh, I have a fear that that would happen and they would they would go back on that, but... Look, I mean, we we saw it from from the NBA tonight. We saw it from the WNBA tonight because they postponed their games. Certain baseball games got postponed, including the Milwaukee Brewers. You've seen a lot of action tonight. I don't know what that leads to in the future, but Trey, I, I just like 
even if it's five percent better, whatever it whatever it creates, like I do, I have some hope. It might be naive, but I I just hope this is a, a historic moment that ends up yielding real change. Man, me too. Me too. I can only hope. And that's gonna do it for this daily ding. I highly recommend the Athletic NBA show. Sam Amick and David Aldridge put out a uh, sort of an emergency pod to talk about what was going on late Wednesday. And for whatever reason, still listening to this episode and you're on the fence, you're unsure. I implore you, listen to what David Aldridge says on this. Listen to the emotion. Listen to the passion he has in talking about what's going on. I don't see how anyone can, can listen to DA and not feel something and not feel something genuine that makes you want to help fight for whatever change there is that needs to be ha- needs to happen and, and hopefully will happen. Check that out. Um, I don't know what the coverage is going to be at The Athletic around this stuff. I know it'll be good. I know it'll be well thought out. I hope you consume that as well. But if not, just please register to vote, fill out the census, do the research on the candidates, wear a mask, stay safe, demonstrate as safely as possible, protest as safely as, as possible, and hopefully we can leave this thing in a better place. And uh, Trey, I think that's what I think that's what we got for the ding today. Yep. 